Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Maloof and Barbara Turley. Welcome everyone to this week's episode. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barbara Turley. Hey, Barb, how are you doing today? Hey, Matt, good, and how are you? Excellent, excellent. I'm really, really looking forward to today's show. You know, I think there's so many amazing topics. I think I say that every week that I'm really looking forward to the show, but uh, just thoroughly enjoying the conversation and the education that we're providing to the community. Uh, me too, you know, and it's funny because I know we, we chat off air all the time and we talk about just the depth of stuff that we need to discuss because every show we do we're like oh we need to do a whole show on that little piece or this little piece and it's how all these shows are coming together so it's fantastic absolutely absolutely and how's your week been good you know busy as always but we're i'm starting to implement some of the things that we're actually talking about on this show and i'm really starting to see some great results with our virtual team so it's it's really useful and i would say to the listeners you know implement this stuff really listen to what we're talking about here because we're actively doing it every day in our businesses, and it's working. Absolutely. How about you, Matt? Absolutely. What's been happening for you? You know, it's been great. I'm just uh, we're always adding to our team, which is great. We've uh, we've now got people literally all over the world, and it amazes me uh, wow. how, um, like, with what you're talking about through implementation of, of the strategies that we talk about, uh, I can literally work from my home office and have people. Uh, what well, we've got people in America, we've got people in the Philippines, New Zealand, uh, all around Australia, and we've got people in Europe as well. So it's just, it's really exciting, really, really exciting. Yeah, and it can be. I think the other thing to note here is that it absolutely can be done and very simply, because a lot of people think that sounds really complicated. But actually, I'm just loving having a big team. Or, you know, most of mine are in the Philippines at the moment, but I, I'm loving having them all over the place and we're all connected online and. With the technology today, you can really do it. Actually, makes my life simpler rather than more complicated. Yeah, it sure does. It sure yeah. does. So um, today's topic, we, we want to talk around expectations, and and what we mean, what we want to uh, focus in on this, the theme of expectations is: Have you clearly defined your expectations of your virtual team or your virtual team members, and? Um, do you, do they understand how to fulfill and meet your expectations? You know, Matt, this is such a great topic because it's something I see a lot, you know, obviously at Virtual Angel Hub. I see this happen all the time where often, as we've talked about before, we have like the same VA working on different accounts and different outcomes, different experiences and feedback coming, some positive, some negative. And often it comes down to expectations. When I look into the account and we actually have a chat with the clients, the expectation management is is key to get right. So I'm excited to talk about this too with you. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and and I guess uh, just to um, to frame what we want to cover in today's uh, in today's podcast, what we're going to talk about is how to define your expectations. I think it's uh, unconscious to many people uh, that 
they, they never articulate and clearly define what, what they expect. We also then want to understand how to measure success against expectations or, or what does success look like. Um, we're going to then talk about communicating expectations and how to clearly articulate that to your virtual team and then making sure that the expectations that you have are realistic for the roles that you're employing your virtual team uh, to or inviting the, your virtual team members to, to join your team uh, around. So they're the four, uh, I guess, topics we're going to cover in today's podcast. So uh, why don't we just get straight into it, um, Bob, and let's start talking about the um, how to define and articulate your, your expectations as an owner, leader or manager in a business. You know what I find interesting about this, you know, as human humans, you know, it's a human nature to automatically assume that everybody thinks the same way you do. And of course, this has been the downfall of many a marriage, many a business partnership, you know, many relationships fall down with this, that we don't realize that how we all see the world is slightly different. And so, you know, my expectations of a job well done compared to yours for your team or my team could be totally different. Um, and similarly for the team member, they may have a different view of what uh, success looks like or what, what their expectations of you are as a leader. So I, I think defining this is something we naturally don't gravitate to doing, but it's absolutely so vitally important to do. But it's very difficult to do. So as a coach, Matt, what, what, how do you get clients to define what their expectations are? I think it um, for me it falls under uh, th- uh, three uh, umbrellas. The first is well, what's important to me? Me as the owner, me yeah. as the leader. Uh, what are the things that are important to me? And again, as you just mentioned, that's that's different to everybody. Uh, for some people, it's important to have constant contact, constant communication, almost micromanagement. Mm-hmm. For others, it's about uh, having the deadline met when it's when they said it was going to be met. The, for others, it's about you, you know, it might be thinking outside the box and problem solving, um, but but getting clear on what's important to you uh, and and what you what's important um, for your team to do. That's that's number one. I think number two is then um, uh, in defining expectations is understanding what well, what leads to success in a task or what leads to success in a role, uh, and defining uh, uh, the expectations around that so that you set your people up to succeed and to quote-unquote win. And I think the third thing to consider when defining uh, your expectations is uh, what's, what's, what defines or equates to value to you when this person's performing their role at an outstanding level? What's, what's valuable to you? What's, what's going to give you the sense like that you've got a positive return on investment and not just uh, you know, wasting, wasting cash? Very good point, actually. That is a really, really good one, um, which I think a lot of people probably don't think. Well, um, subconsciously, we kind of know what our view on that is, but we've never really articulated it to our teams. So sometimes our teams are doing things that we don't really value. Absolutely. And and I thought I'd just share a couple of examples of expectations that I have with our virtual teams. Um, One of the core values that we have in our business is that we're solutions-focused. So an expectation that I have is that uh, they can come to me with any challenge or any problem that they're, they're experiencing, but they must come with at least one solution. 
So they, they might, any of my team may come to me and they might go, hey, Matt, this is where the problem is or this is what I'm experiencing. And they know that the first question, if they don't already say it in that sentence, is so what's your, what's your solution? Yeah, that's a great one. So you've told them that, that that's really important for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and they know that uh, particularly new team members, they learn this real fast, uh, that, that if they don't have a solution, I'll tell them to call me back once they've thought of one. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to start implementing that one. I love that idea. Yeah. So, and, and but for others, it's not as important. For others, I, I know business owners that they want to solve every every problem. Yeah, so, they say that I don't want you wasting time looking at solutions when I already have the solution. And actually, sometimes that's one that happens to me. I find that some of my my virtual team get low, I call it the research vortex. When they have a there's a problem comes up, they don't know what to do. And they go into the research vortex and then two hours later they emerge with a possible solution that's not really the best solution. And in five minutes I could have given them the answer. So we have, there's a slight difference actually with my team. I often ask, say to them, come into us first because we probably have the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the amazing thing is both work. Both do work, yes, yeah. And but it's about communicating actually. So one thing, a rule we have internally is that Step one is you come straight to us. And then step two is if we don't know the answer straight away, then you have to go and find the solution. Perfect. So they're very clear on that. But I've noticed actually with some clients as well, you know that thing of uh, what you were saying, some people love constant communication, others hate it. And we've actually witnessed that with our clients. You know, sometimes our VAs think that they're doing a great job because they're in constant contact and communicating effectively and asking questions and the client is going nuts because they're really busy they're in meetings all day and they just don't want that they just want the salute they want the outcome at the end of the the day as opposed to constant communication all day others love it and so it, it reinforces the point where you you it's not just thinking about these things it's actually writing it down and, and then going through it with your people so that they they understand uh, we're not mind readers, so um, they need to they need to be be clear on what you expect. And I think actually just an add on to that, Matt. Sorry, I just thought of this. Not only being clear on what you expect, but why. So, for example, in the case of a client that is busy all day, running around the city doing meetings, if you say to your virtual team member, oh, "Look, I just don't want you contacting me all day long with Skype messages," it's much better to say. Uh, I'd rather you didn't contact me all day long with Skype messages because I tend to be in and out of meetings, so I'm generally unavailable. And it can be quite difficult for me if it's pinging all the time. So I think for them to fully understand why you have this expectation makes it easier for them first to remember and second of all to respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. One I think is a great one as well um, is asking yourself, and I ask myself this one, this is why I do this, what stresses me out? So, for example, one of the expectations I have with my VAs is we use a project management system called Asana. And in there, I mean, I love creating systems. So I've got, you know, full recurring tasks lists of daily, weekly, monthly tasks. And I say to them, you know, if a task is on a daily basis, then my expectation is that if it goes off with no problems, I still want you to tick the task off so I can see it being completed but if there is a, an issue or anything that's happened, I want you to document that in the comment section because I'm quite busy all day. And what I like to do 
is at the end of the day, in the evening or on the weekend, I'll often flick through the Asana lists and I want to get a quick update without having to chase you for the answer. So they all know why I want it done this way. And that means that they don't go, oh, you know, the task has been done. It doesn't matter. I won't take it off. Or they know why this is important to me because it stresses me out otherwise if they don't do that. Yeah, I think that's it. it, I think what you just said at the end there, it stresses you out. And I think that that's so many uh, relationships between virtual team member and and manager, leader or owner are because uh, the owner is getting stressed out by the VA either doing something or not doing something. So um, a really uh, clear and easy way to define those expectations is think about what stresses you out um, and then uh, communicate with your virtual assistant um, what not to do, I guess, is, is, is part of it, That's as true. well as what to do. In, help in help them help you, you, you know, help them help you. So if yeah. you say, look, you know, when I'm really busy, this is something that actually can stress me out. And I might, you know, I, you might even say I might snap, I might be sharp. So in order to just let's get rid of this problem for you and for me, it would be great if you would do this every day. We could show that little clip from Jerry Maguire on that one, Bob. Help me help you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that. Um, so I think. I mean, I think that gives everyone a really uh, simple uh, framework now to start to uh, identify uh, what you expect. Uh, the only thing I'll just say to that is write it down. I was going to say that. Yeah, you have to write this down because if it's in your head. Uh, it's not communicated properly. If you even say it, it's probably not communicated properly. It needs to be documented. Yeah, absolutely. And as a, you can use it as a KPI. You know, one of the KPIs or the performance um, metrics that you then measure your staff with can be these KPIs. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads us into point two, is it? which is what does success look like or how do we measure it? How will your virtual assistant or virtual team understand whether they are meeting or not meeting your expectations? And uh, you know, in, in light of the example that you gave earlier around the tasks in Asana, you've either put the comment in or, or you haven't. It's, it's, uh, and I like that because it's black and white. Yes. I mean, you've, either, you've either ticked it off or you haven't. Or you haven't, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think if you happen the, to invite a, a comment from me saying what happened here, because it's not done, even though it probably was done. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I think and I think that um, this is really important from a management perspective in managing uh, both virtual and, and local people. Is that you've got to have clear metrics. You've got to have metrics on what success looks like and and how they'll know if they have succeeded or how they'll know if they're outside the scope of success. So um, uh, this this is very, very simple, do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to um, uh, be over the top and we're not looking for fancy ways to record and everything. It's just understanding here's what I expect and here's the metric for success and, and here's the metric for, for failure, quote unquote. So yeah. um, Well, I'll give you a story on this success thing because I've actually seen this quite a lot because, again, you know, so some of us, I mean, I'm a bit of a control freak, I'll totally admit it. And I think most of us entrepreneurs kind of are deep down, you know, we're, we're a little bit control freaky and we can be real perfectionists and, you know, we know how we really want things done. But I've seen this happen. I've actually seen a few client VA relationships unravel because of 
expectations around what success looks like not being communicated properly. So, for example, this one client, uh, she was very particular um, about her newsletter, which, of course, is her branding, her colors, her fonts, all that sort of thing. And the VA was very good. And she was sending back beautiful newsletters. They were all fine. But the fonts she had used were different from the fonts on her website. And the client used to go ballistic about this. And, you know, I sat down with both of them and said, well, we need to talk about, first of all, why this is important to you, but also success in anything to do with the branding for this business means that you need the exact color codes, not a, not something that looks similar. You need the exact font to be used all the time on any communication that goes out about this business. That font is to be used. And if you can't use it, we need to know about it. So things like that, you know, and that actually solves the problem because the VA all of a sudden realized that this was so important to this particular client and that she was being unsuccessful because she wasn't, she didn't know that that was so, so, uh, such a key metric. And, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? Something so simple and that could be assumed uh, when communicated effectively sets somebody up to win. Uh, exactly. You know, and then you go from, wanting to fire a VA to actually getting a total rock star on your team. And that is actually, that can be the difference between a rock star and someone who fails. 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%. So I think, I think, I, I mean, my, my thought just on, on this second point is keep it simple, attach, it's got to be measurable. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be black and white. There can't be a gray area because the gray is where this will come undone. And, and then, uh, it makes it really hard for you and for them. So, but keep it simple. Uh, and, and as I said, keep it black and white. Absolutely. So I think the third point then is around communicating your expectations. So you've, you've now articulated your expectations. You've got measures around what success looks like and doesn't look like. And now it's like, well, how do I communicate to my team, uh, team players uh, what I expect and how it's going to be measured. And for me, Barb, on this, a conversation with a written document attached to it, in my opinion, is the easiest way. And yeah, um, a written document, though, is the bit most people won't do. Absolutely. And that's where the downfall happens. They have a chat. And what I'm finding is, yes, a conversation is great, but a chat is different to a meeting. Because what I notice people do is they have a chat and a chat gets caught up in rapport building and how's your day and personal stuff. And then we throw in a few lines around, okay, my expectations are this. And it kind of get, gets lost in translation. There almost need, needs to be a, an allocated meeting to discuss expectations and the list of, you know, how we're going to measure this together. Uh, and then it's very clear. Well, in my opinion, it actually is the first thing that needs to happen with all of our new team members that come on in any of our companies. Um, the first hour, I spend the first hour with them because yeah. inevitably uh, they get, they'll report to me in some way, shape or form. And the first thing I go through with them is our vision, mission and values. And then the second thing is what I expect and, and, and what the measures are around that. And when I'm communicating that with them, and they have a written document that I send and get them to read beforehand. I then get them to repeat back to me their understanding of what I expect. Yeah, that's great. 
I would say nobody does that because I know I'm not even doing that. I need to do that. That's very good. Because again, remembering that for a lot of these virtual assistants, English is a second language. And even if English isn't a second language, we, 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 all of us, all human beings put a filter on the communication. We put our filter on it so we hear it differently than it may be meant. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. So in order to set, set them up to win, you need to get them to repeat back to you their understanding of what you expect, their understanding of what they're going to be measured against, their understanding of what success looks like. Would you even go as far, Matt, in this conversation, just something popped into my head now, as to kind of also lay out the, I, won't, I don't like to call it unacceptable behavior, but it's like the, un, you know, what, what things, if they do it, are probably going to trigger very serious conversations. Not saying it in a serious way, but more like just, lay, again, being clear about what those situations would look like. Um, I think you raise a good point. It's not something I've done personally, but it's certainly something that I've just written down and think that it is a fantastic idea. I would probably, um, again, I think this is going to depend on your style. Uh, I think everyone's slightly different. As you were talking then, Barb, my thought was what's acceptable, what's um, what's outstanding and what's what's unacceptable is how I would position it. So, so, so there's no confusion over... I mean, the reason I'm raising it is because it's actually something we've started to implement in the la- literally in the last couple of weeks. And it has ruffled some feathers. But going forward, we need to be very clear about what our expectations are. Because I was communicating a lot about what expectations for success looked like. But actually, now I'm also communicating what uh, failure looks like also. Yeah. So that they are very clear, first of all, whether they want to stay with this company. And second of all, you know, whether they can meet, meet that you know, or whether they, and if they can, then how not to fall into holes? Because sometimes people make mistakes, you know, they fall into little traps without realizing it. So setting them up to really win so that you also set them up not to fail, tell them what failure looks like. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a great idea giving them both ends of the spectrum. I think it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And and just following on from this too, I think um, there's a, there's a, just, I just want to uh, add another point. I mentioned earlier that I, when, when I've got new team members, it's the first thing I go through. If you haven't gone through this with your people and now you're going to implement this, you need to expect that there's going to be some, uh, um, uh, you're going to ruffle some feathers and, and people are going to feel uncomfortable with this because you all get, of a sudden. You get resistance. That's what I have found with when too late, resistance. 100%. And, and I think anytime you, you, uh, you know, raising the standards or or changing what's going on, you're going to get that resistance. Um, and so it's uh, being clear. Uh, and, and I think what, it's what you mentioned earlier, Barb, about uh, uh, let them understand why you're doing this and how it's going to help them and you. Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the things that I started saying when I was having, I've started to have these conversations and there has been resistance, you know, even if it's just a mood, there's resistance. And how I've sort of broken that down is to say, look, you know, the, the company's growing. Um, we're growing quite rapidly and we've got a great team going. The culture is fantastic. And in order for it not to fall over when things get very busy, we're starting to just put these few extra bits in place. So we'd love if you would help us to implement some of these and just, you know, just watch out for these issues if they're happening to you. And it's sending a very clear but very nice message 
you know, it's, it's, it's quite a supportive way of saying it, but I'm sending a very clear message that if you are doing this right now, you probably need to stop. Yeah, I love okay. that. That's, so I'm not saying they're doing it, but there's a, you know, there can be things where, you know, messing around on Facebook and things like that. We don't mind a bit of that, but the, the clear expectations uh, absolutely key. Yeah. And Matt, I wanted to touch on an area, and this is something I know we've talked about before as well. Um, so getting clear on the expectations, defining it, making sure that you're both very clear what success looks like, what failure looks like. Uh, and why, and writing it all down. But what about when we get to a situation where your expectations are actually completely out of alignment with the level of the role? So for example, you've hired a VA and you want them to be a digital strategist. (laughs) You know, your expectations might be misaligned with the role. Um, yeah, I think that's a it's a great point. Look, I mean, if that is the case, once you go through this exercise, then you may need to be looking at a restructure within your organisation. Um, you may need to. Uh, well, it's certainly going to articulate and, and 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 make clear to you why that relationship probably isn't working. And then you've got the opportunity now to go and find and match the right person with the right skill set uh, to to what you expect and what you need. So sometimes it might be, um, you know, you may maybe a restructure internally. Sometimes you may have to uh, let a few people go and and, and re-employ based on now being clear on what you do expect from the role. Yeah, and also I think realising, you know, obviously a lot of people, a lot of clients that we have will – you know, we hire VAs because they're they're offshore and they're very talented and very skilled and never underestimate the particularly the Filipino um, VAs. That's what I always say. But having said that, so I've noticed some people confusing a cheaper staff member with a strategist or a coach. Not necessarily a coach, but more somebody who can think out strategy for them. And I always try to, in, in my sort of measuring of client expectations on the way in, I always say to them they can implement a lot for you, but they will not they're not come, going to come up with the ideas for you. It's certainly not in the early days anyway. After a year working together, I mean, my VAs come up with fabulous ideas for me. They're almost strategists at this point, but that's because I've built them into that rather than they started out that way. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, look, it's, um, it's like what our friend Chris Ducker talks about in his book, isn't it? The whole super yeah. VA. It's of the super VA, yeah. You know, and I think that um, if that's your expectation, you will be let down. You will be let down. You, you're going to find uh, some outstanding people that have amazing skill sets that are going to come and work with you. Um, often, though, it comes down to your ability to train, mentor, and help them grow that will, will take them from being um, a good performer to an outstanding performer. I know one of the things that we've done in our business around this, we've got some great people who love learning. And so one of the things I'm always, I'm always trying to learn about my people. I think that's one thing. If you want to, if you want to take people to the next level, learn what, what interests them. And I've got some, I've got some of my VAs uh, that love learning. They love online, they, et cetera, et cetera. I've purchased, um, Facebook advertising courses before with the intention of rolling out Facebook ads in our businesses and given them access and said, go, could you please go away and watch this, learn what we need to do, share with me what you need me to do and I'll let you do the rest. 
And the amazing thing is these, these people coming in were not uh, and, 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 uh, Facebook trained. Uh, certainly had had very little, if any, skill set around Facebook advertising, but are now what I would deem experts um, and love it because I've given them the opportunity to learn and grow. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then when you make the environment also safe for them to uh, come up with ideas and to actually suggest things and also to get things wrong, you know, to come up with ideas that maybe aren't going to work or whatever, but you want to create an environment where they can actually explore their own ideas mm-hmm. as well um, and you just be open to their ideas I think that's and that's another expectation you could you could set you know that I if your expectation is that you want them to show initiative then you have to create an environment where there's space and time for them to do that and also the training that they may need to get to that point absolutely, absolutely. well Matt we thought this was going to be a short show but this is obviously this is a tricky topic actually and it's one that people really struggle with Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know what? I think that uh, just I guess in 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 wrapping up, let me reiterate the, what I think those four most important things are. It's number one, getting clear on what your expectations are, and writing them down. I can't say that enough. You must write them down. Don't just think about it. You need to write it down. Number two is then getting clear metrics about what success and what failure looks like around meeting uh, or not meeting your expectations. Uh, third thing is then making sure you communicate the expectations with your your team, both having the written version in front of them and verbally and getting them to repeat back to you their interpretation of what you've communicated to them. And number four is making sure then that your expectations are realistic for the role that you've invited them into your business to to, uh, to fill. Are they in the right seat on the bus? Are they? Does their skill set serve your expectations and the business? And, and and getting clear on that. So I mean, I this has been an, I've loved this episode, Barb. Thank you, yeah. for you for your time and your contributions. It's been really, really. It's been great. Yeah, this is fantastic. It's even refining my own processes as we talk about it. I know you and I have both been taking little notes, going, "Oh, must implement that one," because even though you know we we're talking about this topic together, I mean, there's you're constantly learning. There's, there's always opportunity to learn new tweaks and new things. And I guess that's what this show is all about. It's just, you know, taking these tips and implementing them and actively doing them. And I know, Matt, you've done this with virtual teams. I'm doing it with virtual teams. And the, this stuff works. It really, really works. And the people who get success, what I'm seeing are people who actually take this stuff and implement it. And the people who tend to flounder with this or even outright fail, are the people who think they, they can just keep going at 100 miles an hour and never slow down to actually do this little bit of work in order to get uh, leverage later. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Plenty to talk about on our next upcoming shows, Matt. I'm excited. So Me I'll too. Next week. Have an amazing week, Bob. We'll talk to you then. See you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.